touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? This is the Friday edition of Locked On Rams. I'm your host, Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. I'm excited, guys. We have another back-to-back interview session here. We've got Austin Hall is going to be joining us. If you don't know, he's actually been on this podcast before, before I was even the host. So uh, he's got some experience here. He's got some really good draft insight. We're going to talk about the combine, who's moving up, who's moving down, what we're going to do with some of our options. A lot like yesterday, we're just going to keep that rolling, the momentum of the draft and all the exciting things that are going on. Today, obviously, you know that Tavon Austin, the news that came out that the Rams are most likely going to trade him or cut him before the season starts. So I don't think that's a big shock to anybody, but that came out today. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Well, I don't want to ramble on too much. Why don't we just jump right to the interview? Here is my chat with Austin Hall. Rams Nation. All right, I'm excited. This is Bear Motter. We're back here with Lockdown Rams. I've got an awesome guest with me today. Austin Hall is going to be joining us. Austin, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing good, Bear. Good to talk to you, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. I want to introduce everyone on Lockdown and Rams Nation to Austin. He's going to be joining us a few times during this offseason as we get into the season. He's going to occasionally write for us on Lockdown Rams, so guys, make sure to check him out. Uh, Austin, Talk to us a little bit about how you became a Rams fan and and how that all started with you. Yeah, I um, I spent uh, the fr- I was born into a, a Charger family. I first I spent the first few years of my life uh, in San Diego. We lived in this house less than a mile away from Qualcomm. So uh, that was my team all just right. growing up. Um, you know, um, Rivers and all and all those guys and LT in his prime and then young Antonio Gates. I mean, that was just that was where it was. But then. After we moved um, a little bit and year after year, I was just the biggest you know, young fan that was disappointed every single year. And so I, right. I just kind of became a fan of the sport. You know, I'm a huge I'm a huge sports fan. And, and, and so I just kind of shifted my focus from one team to the whole NFL. And it wasn't until when um, the murmurs started of, of this, you know, this young, uh, attractive team moving to L.A. It was me and my buddies who were like. Why not, you know, not, not hop on the bandwagon. They were coming off, you know, a losing record season, but we're like, let's, let's, let's make this our team. Like they're young. They're, uh, they're fun to watch. They got a great defense. We like a lot of the players on their team. So let's kind of get into it. And then, um, yeah, we, me and buddy started to be huge fans. And last year we got to go to, um, got to go to a game in the Collie and that was awesome. Only downside was it was the Panthers game. So one of just the worst spectacles of professional sports, it was ugly. Um, but yeah. I mean, that that aside, me and my friends are just, you know, huge Rams fans, watched all, every game together, go to games. And yeah, man, I've just really come to love uh, this team. Yeah, it's awesome. I, yeah, I checked out a game this year. Um, I went to the opener and, okay. you know, it was an awesome game because we blew them out. But at the same oh, time, yeah. you're like, when you're up 30 points and mm-hmm. you're playing the Colts and you got a backup yeah. quarterback, it kind of, yeah. you kind of start, you, you know, for me, a few <laughs> more beers and a hot day. And next thing you yeah. know, you're like, we're in the quarter what's going on the game's almost over so uh, i'll see them obviously they're doing the renovations there so it's going to be uh you know fun to see how that turns around and soon we'll be in our own home um down there in inglewood and for you guys that have been listening to locked on rams for a while you may recognize austin this is actually your second appearance on the show you had you had came on and talked draft last year two years ago when was that yeah it was it was uh the night before the draft last year yeah i came on and just 
talked about uh, I talked about some some possible picks, and it was funny. I really liked I really liked Juju Smith Schuster and how uh, I thought he would fall to that second round, which he did. He unfortunately ended up in somebody else's lap, but uh, yeah, it was cool. And um, just more on that same year about the draft, and I really liked Cooper Cup, and I talked about that, and look how I mean that turned out to be that turned out to not only come true but be a huge uh, huge right. add on to the offense. But yeah, I'm excited to be on again. That's awesome, Austin. Well, cool. I'm I'm glad to have you back. And uh, you know, it's that time again. We're not right before the yeah. draft yet. We still got a lot of moving pieces. Uh, we've gone through the Senior Bowl, which is mm-hmm. interesting because I believe it was seven of the last eight picks last year. The Rams came out of the Senior Bowl. So if uh, if kind of thinking about that crew that was down there this year, uh, hopefully maybe again, you know, we're picking out of there because we had a great draft last year. Uh, we have a number one oh, pick totally. again this mm-hmm. year, which is nice to get that back finally again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just made the big move for Marcus Peters, and yep. you know, everyone was kind of worried about what we were going to give up. But uh, I think oh me gosh. and you both can agree that we got a great deal out of that. Oh my god, I couldn't. I knew. I thought for sure we were losing that first round pick. We ended up getting Marcus Peters for a fourth round and a bag of Doritos or something like. I don't even know what the other yeah. Was, but I saw a few people online, and, and one of the guys' reasons was like, anytime. You know, he was kind of bringing it into the real world. He was like, if you say, I'll give you uh, 200 bucks and someone's going to give you a thousand bucks, you do that every time, no matter what your situation is. Yeah, and, you know, we've yeah, got Tremaine true. Johnson and, you know, obviously have to figure out that. And, and Mc, McVeigh was kind of mentioned about uh, he'd like to make that work. He's got Joyner and, and Watkins. So we've got a lot of priorities this offseason. And then we've got the draft. We get to just add new people. Um, through the draft so the combine started today well it started a couple mm-hmm. days ago but we kind of started getting yeah. a little bit deeper in today did you get a chance to watch any of that today a little bit uh, i saw a little bit of the weigh-ins um yesterday the the weigh-ins yesterday were running backs and o-line today we got to see quarterbacks and uh, wide receivers along with running back and offensive lineman bench uh just something that i saw today which was insane saquon barkley Top five pick for sure. Busted out 29 bench press reps. Oh, my gosh. He was a running back. So that just completely blew me away. Um, but, I mean, yeah. Other than that, um, yeah, you know, just, you know, these guys getting weighed in. O-line is definitely a position that the Rams are looking at with that first round and um, third round pick that we still have. Uh, it's interesting because all five offensive linemen um, for us started every regular season game besides San Fran when we rolled out, you know, the scout team. But um, after Jared Goff was sacked 26 times in seven games two seasons ago, last season in every game he played in, he he was only sacked 25. So when I'm just kind of talking about, um, you know, other people and, you know, my friends that I'm talking talking about, like, what are they going to do with this first round pick? A lot of the belief right now is that it's on offensive line. And with a a group that had gelled so much and, you know, Andrew Whitworth had – you know, maybe the best season he's ever had at, you know, 35, 36 years old. But I don't think you need to start looking for that replacement yet. Um, but, yeah, the offensive lineman uh, is definitely a position to look at uh, as we keep on getting into the combine. So as you talk about that first-round pick, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the debate here, you know, for a while it was yeah. go cornerback because we're not sure yeah. what's going to happen with Tremaine and who's going to fill definitely. that role. We go get Marcus Peters, mm-hmm. and it starts shifting a little bit. There's still yeah, you got some people in that camp that are like, well, go get one anyway because we're not mm-hmm. sure what's up with Kayvon. Uh, we're not sure with what we're going to do with NRC and if we're going to bring mm-hmm. him back and really mm-hmm. what's going to happen with Tremaine. So there's still a question mark there. 
but then you got the camp that says, let's go offense alignment. And yeah, they, they started every game last year together uh, and they look great, but they're getting a little bit older. You know, um, Sullivan had some uh, groin injuries that mm-hmm. kind of uh, mm-hmm. put him in question a couple starts, but he, he powered through and did great. Um, maybe bring in a young guy that can maybe get some reps and fill in just in case something happens and, yeah. and kind of be the future moving forward there. Uh, who do you see at that, at that 23 pick, whether it be O-line or cornerback or even another position, uh, who jumps out to you right now? Yeah, yeah. And, and just if, if I want to stay on that offensive line right now, um, people are – yeah, people are a little bit concerned. Like can they – there's no way they could stay healthy and all this and all this stuff. And I, I think it's possible um, just something that they were able to do so well last season was the team's 1.89 average rushing yards before contact was second in the league. Think about that. You, you, mean, you mean Todd Gurley is taking two steps before anyone is touching him on average? That's scary, and gotta I don't love, think. Yeah, I gotta love that. That is, man, and I don't think we need to. We don't need to, you know, completely spend that first round pick on a on a on a backup lineman and a you know a potential replacement. But McVeigh was it, even in his rookie head coaching um, gig, he was able to pull the trigger on a lot of offensive weapons, and I think that worked out really well last season. And I think he might, you know, if he has the opportunity, I think he's going to try and do it. Again, but let's just say if they were to go offensive line, I'll read off, you know, some of the guys that have stuck out to me. Um, a tackle prospect that everybody was high on uh, was Connor Williams uh, from Texas. An MCL-PCL sprain along with tearing his meniscus were like uh, really big setbacks for him. Um, and so he went from being a top five pick or top ten pick, I should say, to, you know, probably being at the bottom of the first round. So if we're really looking at a Whitworth replacement, he could be the guy. Um the best guard in the draft is is Quentin Nelson, and he's going top ten for sure. So unless they right. want to trade up to get him, which probably isn't going to happen, uh, he's going top ten. He he busted out a nice thirty five reps on the bench press. I thought that's <laughs> that's pretty dang good. Some monsters. Yeah. Um. Another intriguing guy is Orlando Brown. Uh. He's a six eight three fifty monster, and he was Baker Mayfield's blindside protector this year uh, at Oklahoma. He has uh. He's just a battering ram in the run game, but with all that size, lateral movement is a problem and he's he's outspokenly said he's content on staying at left tackle and that confidence is is great but you need somebody that knows what he has to do to help his team win and brown moving right. to guard might be ideal um you know like i said six eight uh officially 345 pounds but his bench press today 14 reps hmm. interesting you know the fact that saquon yeah. barkley saquon barkley over a uh, hundred pounds lighters doing double that. But so that's, that, that just kind of raises a question. But other than that, I've seen a lot of um, interior linemen, maybe going to the Rams, a guy that is just shooting up the boards right now for, you know, the wise, the wise guys of the draft is James Daniels. He, he's a six, four, 300, two year start at Iowa. And he's a nice player, but if they want to go center, like you talked about, Sullivan struggled with groin injuries and he's the only unrestricted free agent on the offensive line this year. They got to go, at least think about going with Billy Price from Ohio State, the next Ohio State just star offensive lineman. Three-year starter at guard, and then uh, he moved to center this year to replace a guy named Pat Elfline. And if you don't know about Pat Elfline, he was the clear-cut best center in last year's draft. But because he showed up and he was 6'2", and he didn't test very well, he slipped to the third round. And all that he did was go to the Vikings and start 14 games and was an all-rookie center. So the thing about Price is he's even more talented than that. So is it Billy Price? Did I see that today that he left though with like a um, like a shoulder or mm-hmm. uh, chest injury? Was that him yeah, or was that somebody else? Yeah, that was that was Billy Price. He did uh, three 
um, three reps on the bench press. And yeah, he did uh, end up leaving with an injury. Hopefully it doesn't affect his testing too much because uh, he's, he's a stud. He's clear cut best center in the draft. Okay. Yeah. Something to look out for. And um, you know, I feel bad for the kid if, if right, he ended up doing anything in damage and that, that goes back to the, the people that question this combine as yeah. kind of, you know, this weird thing where you get together a bunch of old guys and they're yeah. like, Made you know, for strip the down your boxers. And let me see how big your hand is exactly. and jump over this box. And so, I mean, I get that you want to test some skills, but man, yeah. it would be a bummer to see a guy go out on, you know, oh, yeah. doing a, a bench press, um, you know, test. But it's not like he wasn't benching, you know, the day before or anything yeah, like that. True. But um, hopefully, hopefully he's all right because you're right. If uh, if that is the direction they want to go and he ends up being one of the best centers, we want to make sure we get a guy that's, you know, nice and healthy. So we'll, we'll have to keep a close eye on that, um, seeing how that comes through. So let's say we go defense. Yeah. You know, let's say yeah. they do stick to cornerback or maybe they try to get someone to be a, a run stuffer mm-hmm. because that was an issue for yeah. us. There's a lot of talk about, you know, obviously we just uh, today the report came out about Tavon Austin and um, signs, you know, are going to that we're going to release them and and cut them or try to trade them, which, you know, I don't I didn't really need a breaking news report for me to understand that, because I think all of Rams Nation realized if we were going to be a coach or a GM for a day, Mm -hmm. that would be one of our first moves. Oh, yeah. um, But there's a lot of talk on the defense side of the ball on some of the guys like uh, Mark Barron. Robert Quinn, those names are going around about maybe being that next cap casualty. Whoa. So who would we maybe potentially bring in on the defense side of the ball to help stop the run and maybe fill in a linebacking spot or a D-line spot? Okay, first of all, I'm going to ask you what your prediction is right now, today, for Tremaine Johnson. What what do you think is going to happen with this guy? Uh, it's like it pulls at my heartstrings. Oh, you know, I just like him. internally – Internally, I say he's he's just gonna go somewhere else. Like I just think if I had to place money on it today in bet, I just think he's gonna go somewhere else. I just don't think with all the pieces that we have together, yeah. with getting AD back on board and signed up and taking care of Joiner, and if we want to make Watkins a priority mm-hmm. after trading, yeah. you know, our second round pick for him, and then going to making this big move for Peters and getting the number one guy. Yeah is Tremaine going to be able to mm-hmm. kind of take that second spot and take a little bit less money? I don't personally think so. so I think Tremaine's mm-hmm. gone. Okay. I think that's going to be uh, – I don't think he's fitting in. If they say he stays, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. But I just don't – I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I, I saw something today where it might come down to Sammy uh, and Tremaine, which one they want to keep. And that's – oh, man, just either one of those is, is heartbreaking, um, the thought of losing it. But, right. Um, if we lean towards offense, it, it is it, with keeping Sammy, it is a little bit more understandable. But if we do lose Tremaine, corner is at the top of the list with the 23rd overall pick. Best cover man in the draft is Denzel Ward. He's Ohio State cranks these DBs out like they're a factory. He, he'll probably go top 10. I, I'm, I'm seeing 49ers. I'm seeing um, maybe Bears as well. But other than him, people saw and heard a lot about um, Iowa's Josh Jackson this year. This guy is 6'1", 190. And it was against yep. when he played Ward, when he played against Ohio State, he picked off JT Barrett three times, made some of the craziest highlight interceptions that I've seen on any level. Um, so he's, people think he's the um, he's the second best corner on uh, Mel Kuyper's most recent mock draft. That's who he had going to the Rams with their, with their first round pick. He's tall and lengthy, like I said, unbelievable ball skills. But I think he's most suited for, you know, a Seattle type system where they get right in the receiver's face and they go bump and run and they play a lot of cover three. 
And with that being said, I don't think he's the clear-cut second-best corner in the draft. And you heard it here first. If they want to go corner, a name, a name to remember is Mike Hughes right. out of UCF. Originally, UNC Tar Heel. He chose to go to Garden City Community College after, after this uh, small suspension. And then he signed with UCF last season and was a huge reason for their undefeated year this year. Uh, he had 44 tackles, uh, four picks, and 11 pass breakups. He's big enough at 5'11", 190, and he's he's a sick return man as well. He can really he really adds value there. He could be- become a primary target with a strong combine performance, and the understanding is everybody thinks he's going to have a strong combine performance. So Mike Hughes, UCF, could end up being a replacement, like you said, if um, the future of NRC is, you know, not ideal and. Kayvon with that scary injury last year and keep in mind Troy Hill is serviceable and and people definitely need to remember that but if we want to pair Marcus Peters with right with another potential pro bowler going with Hughes could be a very very good option is Mike Hughes uh do you think he's like for sure a first round type of guy or is it somewhere where you can see <laughs> less need last year this was in the second round but he moved back three four five yeah, picks perfect. to get um, you know, the tight end and he, he picked up another pick in the process. And yeah, so I mean, I'm wondering if that's something that he's going to try to do again, because we don't have a ton of picks. I mean, we've got we've got more picks than we did last year, or around the same. And, and you know, but I, I'm wondering if that's something. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's something that he's going to look is, is Mike Hughes a first round guy? Or is that someone maybe we can trade back and, and get best of both worlds? Yeah, right now, yes. He he wasn't a guy that was on everybody's you know preseason big boards, things like that. It was with the great play of UCF and him being the one of the ringleaders of that defense that allowed him to kind of climb up boards. So um, because of his play only this season and kind of nothing else, he is a first-rounder, but how well he does um, will just determine how high he ends up going. Awesome. And then so as we get deeper down into the draft, right, we get through our first yeah. pick. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a second because obviously that was the Sammy Watkins trade. We start to get into that third, fourth, fifth round, and that's where you hear these GMs really starting to earn their paychecks, right? Last Definitely. year we got uh, Cooper Cup in the third round, mm-hmm. um, you know, Josh Reynolds. We got we had a good deep late draft last Definitely. year. Who are the type of guys in the third, fourth, fifth round – um, that you can see being a good fit for the Rams or maybe someone that would fill a role for us? Because I think one of the best things they did is they found people that were going to come in and be an impact. And that's the tough thing, kind of like you mentioned in that first pick, if we're going to you know, spend a first pick on a left tackle, you're not going to put them at left tackle. Mm-hmm. He's going to have you know, our yeah. extra line. Yeah. And we're going to work them in. You know, I'd like to see some of these guys get immediate impact. And they did such a good job last year finding those guys that could come in in the later rounds and produce. So – uh, looking at this, are there people that are kind of jumping out to you, uh, you know, a little bit later in the draft? Yeah, um, my surprise pick prediction is, you know, whether, you know, if they choose to go um, O-line or cornerback with that uh, with that uh, first round pick that you said in these later rounds, don't completely rule out them uh, targeting a running back really, really hard. It may seem crazy, but I think it makes a lot of sense. We know about Gurley's injury history. It, w- it was a non-factor last year, incredibly, and his health along with McVay's system shot him into that offensive MVP. Whether it can happen again, it's not very very likely. Um, there are only two running backs that have won consecutive offensive MVPs, and the last one was 20 years ago. So if they want to sit back with that third pick and think about a running back, I really, really, really like Sony Michelle. He's out of Georgia. The fact that he's not anywhere near some of these guys' first-round mocks, and I don't really understand why. The guy's 5'11", 220, violent runner. He has 60 career catches, so we can add that value. 
But if people are really, really high on Barkley and Geis and Ronald Jones out of SE, who I like, but Michelle is a significantly better player, he could very well fall to them. And that, I mean, that would be, that would be huge for the offense. I mean, for, for how good Gurley was all of last year, it was so apparent in that Falcons playoff game that he was gassed from that game, that season, all those touches, he was gassed. And the entire offense struggled um, for first quarter to fourth, moving the ball because of it. And, you know, some more about why I think they might go, they might go running back. Um, they, Malcolm Brown is averaged three to four touches last year. Lance Dunbar was hurt the entire year, and the only back on the roster is Justin Davis. No, I, I totally agree with you because, you know, we had, we had talked briefly about it yesterday as well, and, you know, even seeing kind of some stuff coming out today as the whole Tavon thing kind of broke out today as being mm-hmm. more closer yeah, to – yeah, I mean, he was the second leading rusher on our team, and yeah. he's not a running back. And I agree with you no, that not. we need to find a better number two option to give Todd Gurley a breather. We did a good job earlier in the season – limiting uh Todd Gurley's carry uh number and there were times where we we're like give him it more you know a couple of that those losses were like why yeah, did Todd totally. Gurley only carry it you know 12 times but um later in the season he started to get those big numbers that we kind of wanted to see but you're right um you're gonna run out of gas and when you're playing all three downs mm-hmm. uh constantly throughout the whole game he, he I mean obviously the production was there he had a breakout season oh, yeah. but you're right there's gonna be a time where you know maybe he tweaks an ankle or or he needs a little bit more of a breather. And we, we didn't really have a guy to go to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we were throwing Tavon mm-hmm. in there at points. So to get a solid, actual number two running back, I think, is key for us. Um, and, hey, Sonny Michelle, another Georgia guy. Bring him in. Him and Todd Gurley can be the, the one-two Georgia punch. Definitely. And uh, where did you I, – I didn't hear that. Where, did, where are you thinking that, uh, Sonny Michelle, where, where would we have to go get him, you think? He's going to test well. So while – there's a chance that that'll bring him into the first round. It's not for sure. Like, cause like I said, how there's not going to be a ton of running backs that go in the first round. That's never the case. But if, if the premier, if people decide that the premier guys are Barkley, which is obvious guys and Rojo, he will be there in the second uh, without question. And if somebody, and if, you know, we don't want to trade up to get him, there are other guys too. Um, it's interesting if they do look to go running back, which I think they'll strongly consider, do they want to go, a third down back and take, you know, that one play per drive away from Gurley. Or like you said, if he does tweak that ankle or, you know, have, have some ACL, MCL problems like he's had in the past, they don't just want, you know, a scat back that catches balls out of the backfield. And granted, Sony Michelle is more than that. But if they want a guy that can um, not only, you know, be good in the past, but take the blunt of the runs away from Gurley, if need be a guy that I feel more strong that he will be in the third round is a guy named Carry on Johnson. Uh, he's from Auburn, and he was in a really, really crowded backfield his entire career uh, with the Tigers. And this year, he he burst onto the scene, and he's not the biggest, not the strongest, and his straight line speed is going to scare teams a little bit. But he reminds me a lot of Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he, he breaks tackles, and he's patient. People people totally forget that Le'Veon Bell a was not a first round pick, b was not known like widely known in college, and he showed up to the combine at over two hundred and forty pounds. And that affected him in the 40, and that's why he dropped to the second because that's all that's all a lot of guys care about this year's these days. I should say is how fast is the running back? Oh, can he can he catch out? Oh, can he cut laterally? No, like these guys, there's value even if they don't have off the charts numbers. And Carry On is not going to have off the charts numbers, but he's patient. 
he's deceptive, he's powerful. And if we want, and like I said, if we want a guy that could take the blunt away from Gurley sometimes, carry on will be there in round three. Yeah, and I like that. You're right. I mean, Le'Veon Bell kind of made his own name in the NFL uh, and with his own unique style of running. And those were the exact words you just kind of described. Definitely. Um, You know, with that last runner was basically patient, kind of picking his spots, being deceptive deceptive with his power and speed. So, um, yeah, that might be a good fit. But you're right. I think at some point, I don't know if they're going to spend a higher draft pick Mm -hmm. on a running back. And you never know with this group and what they're going to do. But um, at some point in the draft, I think we're going to, you know, address that situation because you're right. Malcolm Brown um, was banged up. And even when he was healthy, you know, he had a, a couple decent games where he had some okay but there was no consistency there. Lance Dunbar, you know, we saw, I think we saw him get, you know, maybe 20, 30 touches the whole season. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Tavon's going to be gone. So someone's got to fill that role that time. Yeah. Um, while we're on the offense here, you know, we talked no. about Sammy Watkins and you kind of said, you know, what you think it may even come down to between keeping Tremaine or keeping Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Let's say mm-hmm. neither, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so we let Sammy walk. Is there a wide receiver in this class that you think somewhere in this, you know, maybe our third, fourth round pick? I know we've got Josh Reynolds, who some people are saying mm-hmm. could be the replacement to Sammy Watkins. You know, he, he in his limited time that he had with us last year, as far as opportunity, he did really well. So that's great that we, yeah, we've got some great depth there. But is there anyone else in the draft that, you know, would make a good addition to us on that offense side of the ball? Because obviously, you know, a huge part of our team is offensive and McVay with, you know, his, Showed out. you know, Showed out. I, I, I always feel like I go to the word genius and offense side and I feel like it's a, it's a little strong, but at the same time with, with how he is such a um, creator in that offensive side, you know, who fits in that wide receiver mm-hmm. role that's in the draft. Yeah. Like it's Josh Reynolds. He's one of those senior bowl guys that people really clued into and said, okay, this guy's tall. He's, you know, skinny as heck, but he can play. And, and he, like you said, he can end up being that guy, but if we want, um, you know, to sit back with some of those later picks and go after a receiver that we really like. Uh, Alan Lazard, uh, this guy, 6'4", 225 from Iowa State, put up just solid numbers in in a conference, in the Big 12 conference that really forgets about Iowa State sometimes. But these guys hang with TCU. They hang with Oklahoma and OK State. Lazard, Lazard, I should say, was productive all four years. Um, like, yeah, he's a little bit like, a uh, little bit like Reynolds, 6'4", 225. Um, he's not going to be... He's not going to be be very fast, but deceptive route running, uh, wingspan stabs the ball in the catch radius, which which you know McVay really really likes. And if we want to kind of uh, go with a guy like that, an outside guy that's you know a little bit of a matchup problem for smaller corners, that will definitely be there for him. But like you said, we're, we lost Tavon Austin, so if we kind of want that um, smaller, quicker, a guy that adds value in the return game um, to kind of replace Tavon. A guy that I also like is Anthony Miller uh, from Memphis. He put up huge numbers in this run and shoot deep ball Memphis offense, and he he was an All American. Not the biggest guy, uh, doesn't blow you. He's not going to run a four two or anything like that. But he he gets open and he's fast and he does things after the catch. And if we do want to find that replacement for that replacement for Tavon and find someone with a similar similar skill set who can also compete with Pharaoh Cooper, who could have who could have a big year now that Tavon is gone. I think Anthony Anthony Miller definitely is that. Man, it's exciting hearing all these different prospects that are out there and opportunity and how they can fit in. Oh yeah. 
and this is a big time, the combine people, as you mentioned earlier, they go flying up the board or, or dropping down the mm-hmm. board and it really can be a benefit for us in, in both sense. Right. You know, a guy that maybe we would have gone after, Definitely. uh, flies up, we don't get him. Maybe he's maybe he just had a good combine and it was better. We passed on him. And then there's those guys that, mm-hmm. uh, might fall to us mm-hmm. and we get an opportunity to get a stud that just kind of didn't perform at the combine or, you know, whatever it may be. So, um, you talked about a couple of your picks that you yeah. have your eye on that, um, you know, you're kind of either hoping for, or you think would be a good fit for us. You mentioned, uh, Sonny Michelle yeah. and then Mike Hughes. Yeah. What are a couple other guys that if you were to fill out a Rams, you know, draft sheet right now, name a couple guys that you would place mm-hmm. in that you think this would be a good mm-hmm. fit, whether offense or defense. Yeah, you brought it up a little bit in um, run stopping. We need a we need a big, nasty run stopping D tackle. The our run defense ranked, I believe, 29th last season. Um, could be a lot better. And while part of me thinks that that's not gonna get that's not gonna be completely solved if you say we used our first round pick on one of the best, um, one of the better uh, D tackles in this draft, like Vita Vea from Washington or Deron Payne from Alabama. I don't think I think it's more. Um, it's more Wade Phillips' scheme than just throwing a rookie in there and expecting, you know, they can stop the run regardless of how talented or uh, big or strong they are. Um, but if we were to, if we were to go with one, um, the guys that I brought up, if we were to use a first round pick on, which I don't think we would do. And I'm okay with that. The guys that I said, Deron Payne, Vita Vea, uh, Alabama, or uh, Deron Payne, Alabama and Vita Vea, Washington. Vea is, uh, something six four three fifty and people are amazed with the way this guy can move and he's he carries his weight so well uh he get offs blocks he, he can uh chase down plays and deron Payne is an absolute monster he took over the college football playoff i remember a few years ago alabama would just roll out you know three or four guys on the line that looked like they were 320 330 plus and me being a big, right. a, a big college football fan it wasn't until two three years ago when you know, Nick Saban and their defensive coordinator said, okay, everyone, everyone's getting faster. No one's trying to pound us in the running more because they can't. So they cut all these, all these guys, instead of being 330 or 320, they're all sitting right around 300 or 310 with flat stomachs and athletic. We see, we saw a lot of those guys um, for the past few years get attention with that, you know, dropping weight guys like Ashawn Robinson, Jaron Reed, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson last year, and Payne uh, fit that build. You know, he he was recruited at something like 340, and then they they just automatically cut 30 pounds off him. And because of that, he could take on double, sometimes triple teams, and single handedly stop the run. Just monsters. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, like I said, the playoff is when people really started to clue in that okay, he might not be an amazing, uh, amazing pass rusher. You can't really move an inside and out, but a run stopper like that is so valuable today. Other than that, if they want to wait and kind of use it on later picks, a guy that I, I know Wade Phillips is going to like, and not just because they share the last the same last name, is Harrison Phillips out of Stanford. Uh, he is 6'4". He's in the he's in the 290-310 range. And he's – I don't know what it is about him. He's he's twitchy in the way that Aaron Donald is, even though, you know, there's Donald is far more athletic and he uses that, you know, six-foot leverage to, to really move people. But this guy doesn't bl- – blow you away with uh how much he's going to lift and how fast he's going to be and he he but he just takes on double teams he gets off blocks he slips into the backfield he's smart he was you know one of the top in his class at stanford and that just says so much for uh a system guy especially to wade phillips but um if they wanted to wait 
with a D tackle and a guy that's, that's going to have D one impact or day one impact because we know how good the edge guys are. Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald as well. Uh, Phillips is Phillips is that guy. Yeah. Well, man, it sounds like there's some great potential out there to join an already you know well-rounded roster, and that's the nice thing, obviously. You know, for us, as we kind of watched this over the past couple of years, and it's so crazy how fast this turned around because last year I felt like the draft was such a necessity for us. Like we needed offensive (laughs) help so bad and they went offensive heavy and it was obvious and it worked, right? We got uh, Jared Goff finally moving in. We brought in the coach that we needed and he had a couple offensive weapons, some great free agent signings. And here we are now kind of filling a few holes and trying to maintain that you know, that steam that we had going forward from last year. So it's going to be exciting to see who we bring in and what direction they're going to go. Cause it's not as simple as it was last year where everyone's like offense, offense, offense. Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of like, who's going to be here. Who's going to be there and how can we fill in around it? Um, You know, and guys like Kayvon Webster coming back and trying to get healthy and and where does they fit in? And, you know, Tamaric Hemingway tight end, who's Mm -hmm. now probably dropped down to around the fourth uh, tight end. And, you know, those type of guys, you kind of forget about them and, and they're going to be coming back. So a lot of competition. It's going to be a fun training camp. Um, Austin, I'm definitely going to have you back on um, after yeah. the combine so we can talk about who kind of went flying up, who <laughs> fell down. Uh, maybe we'll find out a little bit more um, on Billy Price and what happened yeah. with him. Hopefully he's okay. And um, I appreciate you coming on. Guys, make sure to Thanks, check sir. out Austin Hall. He's going to be uh, writing for us on Lockdown. We'll have him on here and there. And then uh, when we get this going, we're going to share some of his social media accounts as well. So, uh, Austin, thanks so much, man. Uh, Appreciate your insight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Talk to you soon, man.